You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. Joining us this week is LPGA player Lauren Coglin. Lauren played Division I golf at Virginia University and is now on the Symmetra Tour. Lauren shares with us her specific journey through the sport and how it really didn't come that easy, but through perseverance and grit, she made it to the top. Before we get into that interview, head over to birdiedads.com, check out the free stuff we're giving away, and join us. Now let's get to it. You were the 2017 ACC Player of the Year and currently getting ready for your upcoming Symmetra Tour. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, we got Brian and Trevor with us as always. Hey, guys, how are we doing tonight? Good. Yeah. And Lauren, I got to ask, why in the heck did you agree to come on the show with three dads? Um, I mean, <laughs> I haven't done one, to be honest. So I was like, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely do a podcast. The No Laying Up guys haven't asked me to be on it yet. So. Oh, well, you you brought it up. I got to ask then. I mean, your sponsor, you're, you're partnered with No Laying Up. You work, you're rocking the bag. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how, how's that going? How did that start? <laughs> got the shirt on too yep, got yeah. the shirt. Yeah, our listeners out there. <laughs> pretty much always repping their stuff how did, yeah um, how did that start yeah i mean so i was a fan of theirs my husband was a lot bigger fan like he actually watched like all the youtube videos and stuff that they were doing even back in I think, t- like 2019 2018 and i just kind of more just listened to the podcasts more just for their guests because you can learn a lot when you have pros because they've been through a lot of different stuff so i always it's nice hearing you know some people who's, who've made it going through stuff or that they did go through stuff that's always really nice so i always listen to their podcast but um they tweeted out that they were starting the quote unquote the young hitters program and tron had tweeted out that they were thinking about doing someone on the lpga or symmetra and my husband saw that and he was like you gotta message them so i did <laughs> this was in like fed on twitter i messaged him on twitter like on february march literally didn't hear back from him until like the middle of September. And he's like, all he said was like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So your yeah. husband is kind of like your agent then. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so then um, I was going to be playing in the Smetra tour championship in Daytona and I drove down there. So my husband was like, you should see like, if you're, when you're driving back up, you're going to be going through Jacksonville. Like you should see if you should, if they like want to meet up. And so I did. So I met up with Tron and DJ at a coffee shop in Jacksonville on my way, on my drive back up to Virginia. And the rest is history. I mean, I talked with them for like two hours in the coffee shop and had to drive like another like 10 hours back home after that. But yeah, no, it was great. They're the best. I'm, I'm really thankful for all that they do for me. So, Hey, so your husband, he obviously likes golf, but is he any good? He's getting really good. Yeah. He, um, he's lost. So he played football at Virginia offensive line. So he's pretty big dude. And he's lost about a hundred pounds since April. Mm, And since he's done that, he like pretty much like he had probably lost like 40, 50 pounds. And you could tell he was starting to be able to swing it a little bit better. And Mm. yeah, he's like went from like a 20 to like a nine, I think he's like a 9.5 or something right now. So He's obsessed. Yes. Well, yes, he is the best. Um, give us the quick rundown. Give our listeners the rundown of the Symmetra Tour and what that is. So the Symmetra Tour is the LPGA's version of the Corn Ferry Tour, um, but we don't quite have the financial backing that I would say most of 
that the guys do, but it's great. I mean, this year it's going to be really good. We have, I think they, they said uh, 20 tournaments with um, average purse of $190,000, which like, which is cr- not, a, it doesn't seem like a lot, but for the semester tour, it is like last year, I think, or pre COVID, it was going to be like 150 last year. So they bumped it up a lot in the last um, couple of years. And even when I first came out my rookie year in 2017, I think probably the average was like 125. So it's, it's getting bigger and bigger, which is really nice. Cause it's just, it's really hard to earn a living out on this metric tour. Um, I've been able to come out a little bit ahead the past couple of years, just cause I've with good play, but also um, because the purses are getting bigger. So it's not, it's not the LPGA. It's definitely not the PGA Tour. Um, most people drive their cars all around the country the entire year. I mean, you're not making money unless you finish in the top eight most tournaments. Like, you're losing money that week, probably. So, yeah, it's but you're hard, one but step. It's good. You're one step from the, PG, or the LPGA Tour, though, right? Yes. I mean, yes. how do you make that jump? What does it take to get to that next level? It's hard. Um, I've been fortunate. I've played um, a full season on LPJ in 2018. That was my rookie year. Um, and then the last two years, I've had partial status. So I've kind of been going back and forth. Um, but I mean, it's really nice because it get, when you're in college, right, like you're pretty much your entire junior career through college and everything, you're told, you know, when to be places, where to be when to practice, how to practice, you know, you don't ever have to make any of your travel arrangements. your parents are doing it, your college coaches are doing it. So Symmetra Tour was nice because you kind of can get your feet wet <laughs> and figure that, get all that figured out. And then once you get to the LPGA, it's even bigger, but it's just a, a little bit grand over scale, I guess, once you get to the LPGA, but it's, it's hard. I'm still, still making the transition myself, um, but I'm really, really close. Being on the, on the tour and you're kind of grinding it out on the road a lot, um, do you have a consistent caddy relationship that you have or whatever you show up to and you get paired with somebody? Yeah. My first couple of years, um, I didn't really invest in one. I do this. Yes, I do have a full-time caddy now. We, um, his name is John. He's great. Um, we've been work. we work into, we worked together on and off for the past few years, but at the beginning of last year, he kind of, we sat down and talked or, well, over the phone. And we're just like, you know, we, we really want to work together. So he could get a bag on the consistent bag on the LPGA if he wanted, but he really wanted to work with me. And so he goes wherever I go. He's like, if you want to plan, if you're Symmetra that week, like I'll be with you at Symmetra. If you're Monday qualified, like I'll be wherever, wherever you go is where I'll go. So I'm, we get along great. He's super fun. Um, we like a lot of the same things. Uh, he talks a lot, which I really like. I, I need someone. <laughs> um in the car to, to not stop talking on, on the course <laughs> all t- at all times all the time <laughs> all the time yeah he but he's awesome he's really really good at his job like he's a really really good caddy and i'm i'm really glad that i'm gonna have that consistency um that i think i definitely was missing a lot in my first couple of years so so if john gets sick does does your dad make it on the bag who's next in line no, my husband, who's also okay. named John, would be <laughs> um, number two. But my dad does caddy for me here or there as well. Um, he does a pretty good job, too. He's caddied for me. He actually caddied for me when I um, won the Colorado State Open. Um, he's caddied for me. In that the had to be an epic moment for him and yourself. Yeah. But that's that's a peak moment for a dad right there. Oh, yeah. I, it was awesome. I mean, I really... we he. 
I don't love it when he tells me what to do with my golf game, most of the time <laughs> off the golf course, but he knows what he's doing on the golf course. So I do, I, I will listen then. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's build a background here. So what's, mm-hmm. what's your story growing up? We have young children, you know, we, we enjoy golf ourselves. We, you know, what you're going through is probably our dream for our daughters, but not maybe necessarily their path. So I guess what's, what, what was your background? Did your dad introduce you to the game? Who, who brought you into it? Yeah. So all the men on my dad's side are big golfers. My dad, my uncles, my grandfather. So he, I think just kind of has an excuse to be able to go driving range himself and stuff started taking me with him when I was about six and just kind of was like, Oh, she kind of likes it. She's kind of got, she kind of already has the general like natural ability it seems like. And so he kind of kept going. And then he also just loves golf to begin with. So it was kind of our thing that we could do together. He traveled a lot for work. And so it was kind of when he was home, I always wanted to be around. And so whether it was, you know, shooting hoops or in the basement, you know, in the little kid thing or going to the golf course, I was wanting to be with him pretty much all the time. Nice. So what's your, I guess, what's your best moment, memory on the golf course with your dad before like high school? I mean, growing up as a young kid, what's your, what's your favorite memory with your dad? Um, I, so I, he took me, I was born in Minnesota and I lived there till I was 10 and then we moved to Virginia, but we came back the next summer after we moved, which was in 2002, we went back to Hazeltine for the PGA. So I remember, I mean, I was 10 or like I was 11 years old. So like, I don't remember it a ton, but like, I do remember going and seeing Tiger like at the PGA championship in Hazeltine. Like that was probably one of the the ones that comes to my head, um, the quickest is a good one. You yeah, and your dad watched dad Tiger went, together? Yeah, watched Tiger oh. together in 02 in his prime, um, which now I'm like, God, like I just, I was 11. Like I had no idea what I was watching, right? Like I just like, oh, Tiger Woods, cool. But like the actually seeing, you know, like the greatest player of all time in person in his prime. And I just had no idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now I wish, I wish it was like now so I could actually like enjoy, like really understand like what I was watching. Cause I had no idea, but I do remember he didn't win, but it was, it, it was awesome. So that was a good one. Another one. I wouldn't say this is like a good memory, but it's kind of funny. Um, I was playing in a junior tournament. I think I was the next summer. So I was like 12 years old and I had just like the junior set where, you know, you have like a pitching wedge through eight iron and like a six, seven iron and like a three wood and a driver. Like that's all I had. And there was this golf course. It was called, it's called a uh, Nansman river in Suffolk, Virginia. And there was this one hole that had like a forced carry of like 60 yards, 70 yards. And like, that was like really far for me. And my dad told me I couldn't hit this iron there. So I, in, in the tournament and I'm trying to hit this, my three wood off the ground, which I cannot do at all. And so I get to this hole and I lay up to just short of it and I hit the three wood and I just keep hitting this three wood into the, the, the hazard and the rules officials, there, like not letting me go to the other side. I'm 12 years old. My dad's like, can't you just let her go? Or like, I think I asked, or one of us asked, like, if you just let me drop it on the other side and cause I was running out of golf balls and the guy was like, no, you can't do it. So finally I'm like, I think I can hit this iron onto the other side, but my dad had told me I couldn't. And so I finally, I, I hit it once and I got really close and I finally, I did hit it one more time and I finally got it over to the other side with like two golf balls left. (laughs) But I remember just being like, my dad told me I couldn't do it. 
And I was like, no, I know I can do it. But I was listening to him and I was hitting the screen. Yeah, that, that was your, yeah, it that was your that. moment right <laughs> yeah. there. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Finally, Dad didn't, I was like, I can't, Dad didn't no, caddy for you next you. the next round though, did he? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Get him off the bag for a moment. That's great. <laughs> I feel like Lauren, you're someone growing up like that, that you took a lot of pride in, you know, maybe the day you beat your dad. Yeah. I don't remember. I can't say that I remember exactly when I was able to beat my dad. I think it was probably, probably like freshman year of high school, freshman, sophomore year. And then I could probably by my junior year, I could beat him from the same tees. Whereas like for freshman year, eighth grade, freshman year, where like I could beat him playing the red tees, but then I started to be able to move back and then I could beat him. I don't remember exactly when, but I do know that when I did finally start beating him, I just like hated when he tried to tell me what to do on the golf course. Cause I'm like, I beat you. Like <laughs> if you know so much, like why am I beating you? Why are you not better? <laughs> so that in my head just got, yeah, that was a big one. Like um, any dad, he probably had something in his <laughs> tricks. He's like, Oh my, my back's bothering me today. Or, you know, <laughs> We're going to have to have Lauren's dad on here next. I just know. Get his perspective, oh, we oh, need that's to coming this. for us too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, I do remember that. Um, it took me even now today, like I, he can be telling me something and it's even turned to my husband too. Like they can be telling me things, but like, I just don't want to hear it from them. And like my coach, they'll have been telling me things for months or even years. And like, finally my coach tells me the same, the same thing. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, my coach told me this. Like, <laughs> totally like going to try it. And my, and they'll be like, I've literally been telling you this for like a year yeah. and you won't listen to me. <laughs> Talk about your college experience. And really when you made that jump from high school to college, when did you commit to Virginia? When did you know that was your school? Uh, what was that like? Yeah. So I actually wanted, I grew up a big UNC Tar Heel fan because uh, I love basketball and I always wanted to go to UNC. Um, I was a very much a late bloomer though. I wasn't highly recruited from any school. Um, I wanted to go there. The coach told me I wasn't good enough pretty much. Um, they didn't have a scholarship for me. Um, I tried to go to Ole Miss. They told me I didn't hit it far enough. And so Virginia wanted me to come, but I they didn't have a scholarship for me either. But Coach Kim, you know, told me that I could I would redshirt my first year and I could, you know, if I got better, I could earn earn my way to a scholarship. I work hard and I got better and I could earn my way to a scholarship. And somehow I knew just sophomore, junior year of high school that like I wanted to get better. The only way I was going to get better is if I went to a big school. I wasn't the best player already. I needed I was going to have to I was going to hate not traveling. And that was the only way that was going to keep get me motivated to get better because I could have gone full scholarship to some smaller schools like JMU, Longwood, Radford, which are like smaller D1 schools in Virginia. I was like, I want to get better. I don't know how, what that means, how much better that is, but I want to get better. And so I wanted to go to a big school and I just finally coach, I'm talking to coach Kim and she convinces me to come and redshirt and walk on. And it was the best decision I ever made. Um, I have no Kim and my coach, Kim and Brian, my assistant coach, they turned me into the golfer that I am today. And I, if I don't go there, I don't think I'm talking to you guys right now. I don't think I'm playing on the LPGA or anything like that. Um, but it took me a while. Um, my first couple of years, I was very not in it yet. Um, I was getting better, but it just was still really hard. And then my 
third year, I, my coach was just like, look, you're coming every tournament. I don't care what you shoot in qualifying. You're going every tournament. And I ended up leading the team in scoring average that year. And then my, I was on full scholarship my last two years, my fourth and my fifth year. Wow. Awesome. And you go on to be ACC player of the year. Yeah. And all American. And I won the ACC championship. That's a cool story. That's great. Um, so you decided to go to Virginia probably like in high school growing up, you said you're a big basketball fan, UNC. Did you play every sport or like how quick was it before you honed in on golf? Um, I mean, I played soccer as a little kid. Um, I did cheerleading for, I laugh because I'm very much a tomboy. And so like doing cheerleading is just like the complete opposite of what I, I did gymnastics when I was real little. Um, but at basketball, I started playing basketball when we moved to Virginia and I really, really, really liked basketball, but I hate running. So eventually, and I was really short. I'm, I'm five, seven now, but when I was in, I didn't hit five feet till probably like my freshman year of high school. And so it just was never going to be long-term. My, my high school wasn't very good at basketball. The varsity coach was terrible. And so after my freshman year, kind of was like, you know what? I really don't like running. I really, really probably shouldn't be taking, you know, months off of playing golf. And so just kind of was like, yep, this is going to be it. I'm not going to do it again this year and just focus on golf, even in the winter. What was your um, junior experience like prior to high school? I mean, were you doing, you know, tournaments, occasional tournaments or, uh, you know, every other weekend kind of thing? What was, what was your dad's program for you? Yeah, I did about my sophomore year. I started doing some AJGAs, not a bunch. Um, I mean, my, my parents aren't, I mean, I was very comfortable and I, but I know now, well, I know now that, you know, my dad was dipping into his retirement and stuff and taking me, I played in a bunch of VSGA, Virginia State Golf Association tournaments. Um, they have this great junior golf tour that's called the Peggy Kirk Bell golf tour. It's out of North and South Carolina. That was starting out like my sophomore or junior year of high school. So I would travel a little bit to go play there. But I mean, mainly during the summer, I'd probably play like maybe one or two a month. But really, it was just like the state champ, the state junior, um, maybe one or two other ones here or there. But it wasn't wasn't a bunch of them. Uh, I did my high school golf team. And that was about it. Were you um, <clears throat> having early success as a junior when you were doing those tournaments or was it more just later in high school years? No, definitely not. Um, I mean, there wasn't a ton of girls in Virginia when I was starting out. I mean, I remember in the 10 to 12 or whatever, like there was four of us, <laughs> not a lot of junior golfers. And I was the fourth player. Like I was the worst of them all. Um, I started getting better towards like in the middle, like eighth grade, probably when I was like 13, 14, but still not great. Like I was still not good um, in, in the national stage. I was okay in Virginia, but that was about it. And then towards high school is kind of where I started to get a little bit better. My specifically like my sophomore, junior year. I came in second at the state junior my <laughs> three years in a row. It's the only one that I didn't win was the state <laughs> junior and then to three different girls. Like I was definitely the best player, like my senior year and I still didn't win it. <laughs> yeah. You have such a great story of grinding your way through it. And, you know, like you said, you're a late bloomer and you ground your way to the top. You ground your way to Virginia. You go, you become ACC player of the year. I mean, you have really learned to overcome those challenges within the game. And I know you've talked about that a little bit. How have you continued that now? I mean, just taking from golf. I mean, golf is a brutal sport. We all know that. And you take it from one day where you take your lumps and you're able to rebound and just come right back. Yeah, I definitely almost quit after my first and second year doing it. Um, 
my first year on Symmetra was 2017. That was my rookie year. And I only made, I made like four or five cuts the whole year. I played in, you know, like, or no, I think I made about six cuts out of, you know, 16 tournaments that I played in. I made like $8,000 that year. Um, I was not happy at all. I know I was not happy to be around like talking about my husband. Like I was, we weren't married yet, but I'm sure I was, mis- I know I was miserable to talk to because I was just in such a bad mood all the time. And, but I also wasn't really working hard. So I didn't had, I had no right to be that upset, but I, you know, I almost quit. I called my coach. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I need to stay. I went to her office and she was like, look, like you're not the only one to ever feel like this. You kind of got there a lot quicker than most people do, but, um, give me, you know, these couple of weeks and get ready for Q school. And if you make it to final stage, I'll, I'll caddy for you. And so I, I enjoy home. I don't touch a club for like two, three weeks. I just hang out with her and the UPA team. Um, so I'm still around golf, but I kind of can get like my mentally get back in a better place. And I start practicing and I, my dad caddies for me in the tour championship for Symmetra after taking, I took, I didn't play in six tournaments, I took six weeks off and I had my best finish that year that tournament I came in like 18th made like most of my money was that tournament that I made that year and went and then he caddied for me at um second stage of Q school and I made it to finals and so my coach caddied for me and I don't play great the first day but I shoot like 16 under the next four rounds and finished in seventh place to get my tour card so (laughs) that was my first year and then I played a full year on the LPGA the next year and it was same thing I only made four cuts made like 12 grand the whole year it was absolutely miserable again but I I remember I got to about um middle of August or so and I had already signed up for Q school and I was like I just don't know if I want to do it again but I already paid the $2,500 like kind of got to go and do it. And I go and play a, a Symmetra event just to kind of get ready. I, I do a similar type thing. You know, I took a couple of weeks off and to get mentally in a little bit better of a spot. And then um, I go and play a Symmetra event just to kind of get, you know, just to, to get warmed up again. And I end up winning the Symmetra event and it was a qualifier to go play in Evian. So I got to go play in France hmm. for the Evian, which was crazy. But similar thing, I got my tour card again through Q school. And then I found working out again. And that's kind of where I, I kind of revamped everything. I don't live and die by how, if I make a cut or not anymore, I'm happy off the golf course. And it's a lot, a lot better now. Nice. So, so I would, uh, so I, I have to ask this question because our biggest fan is my daughter. She's nine years old and she's mm-hmm. in golf. And she wanted me to ask you, what was your, the biggest kind of shock moving from college to the tour? Like what was one thing you didn't expect that um, when you got to to the pro stage, I mean, probably like having to do it all myself was like the biggest shock. Like being my you know my own agent, you know, my between how am how am I getting to each tournament? Am I driving? Am I flying? Where am I staying? When am I getting there? What time am I going to practice? How am I going to practice? Like doing all that stuff was was a lot of what I didn't like. I like structure. I like routine, and I've kind of found that structure and routine that I didn't have the first couple of years. And so that was the, that was the hardest thing for me, for sure. <laughs> Cause I, like I said, I've just been, I had just been told, you know, where to be, when to be there for as long as I can remember. And then having to go and do it myself was a lot more challenging than I thought. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to edit that part out actually. Cause if my daughter hears that she has to do stuff, <laughs> then she's not going to want to keep doing it. So <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's, that's kind of how I felt going to college too. Like I, my parents were handling oh, yeah, everything for, for sure. me. And then all of a sudden I get to college and you're like, wait, I get to decide when I go have dinner and oh, that was the I, best I part. Do it. Like it's a little bit of freedom. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an adjustment for sure. When you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to figure out how things work is like what works for you specifically too is, is a big challenge. For sure. Hey, you know, Lauren, you're not all business. I actually came across you from some Twitter exchanges <laughs> mm-hmm. and you were having with Max Homa um, and some Call of Duty stuff. I mean, are you a gamer, uh, like kind of a secret gamer there? I am. Yeah. I played in high school with, um, there's a, he, one of my friends from like middle, we had been in the same grade, like same classes since sixth grade. Um, his name is Robert Petrie and we kind of always played video games together, Call of Duty specifically. And so, yeah, I just kind of kept up. I actually, before I got on this with you guys, I was playing a little bit because I hadn't played in a few days. There you go. <laughs> nice. See? I mean, it's a little release. The parents that listen, video games doesn't necessarily destroy lives, right? It's not going to destroy your kids' lives. Well, not, not, no, it's fine. You can take it to professional <laughs> ranks if you want. You can go into the esports market and, and go oh, to God, tournaments. I'm not that you know, good. That, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wait, have you played with Max? Did you guys, were you able to play some Call of Duty with Max? No, I don't get on it much because I'm a girl. And I just remember in high school, like if I was on the headset, like all the people would just make fun of me for being a girl. Oh, for oh, so I don't get on the headset. You're not going to take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of play by myself with no, um, oh, but I actually do. I have played with, um, one of, uh, a girl I'm friends with on tour, her like childhood best friend who is a caddy and he caddies for Alex Norn right now. Mm-hmm. And he's a big gamer. So he's been, I've played with him a couple of times because he'll bring the PlayStation on, on the road. And I started taking it on the road with me this past year. Cause normally I love to go play. Like I love going to the movies when I'm on the road, but with COVID and stuff, I wasn't really allowed to do that. So I brought the PlayStation with me. My husband was not thrilled about it. He's like, you're just, you're just going to be playing <laughs> video games all day. You're not going to go practice. <laughs> Does your husband get to come with you a lot on your, on your tours, on your, on your travels? Normally he won't, he'll, he'll come to a few, but not as much as he's been able to with COVID just because he's working from home and stuff. He can kind of do his work from anywhere. He just has a bunch of Zoom, as long as he doesn't have a ton of Zoom calls or anything, or he can plan, he can front load them like earlier in the week. And then once I'm, once I'm playing, he can come out and watch and stuff. So now he comes to, he came to over half of them. I think last year I, I played in 11 events. He he came to a bunch of them last year because there was no reason not to. Yeah. Well, tell your husband we're jealous of him because he's got a wife that loves golf. We we could we could all use a little bit of that over here on this side of things. <laughs> he he loves it. He loves it a little too much. Not for me. Well, just for me a little too much because like I'll be coming. I'll just be on the road for like three weeks and I'll be coming home and it'll be Sunday. He's like, "Hey, you want to play golf when I get off work tomorrow?" I'm like, "Yeah, really? No." <laughs> it's like the last thing I want to do tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Lauren, you ever come out to the West Coast, you can play with one of us and, and, you know, show us a thing or two from, you know, we'll, we'll tee off the same. You'll destroy us. I'm sure. Yep. And Lauren, share with our listeners where they can find you and where they can learn more about you. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my husband actually came up with my handle. It's LC is who's golfing. The UVA is, um, they're called the Wahoos. So it's H O O S instead of 
the proper spelling of who's and um, on Instagram, I'm L underscore Coughlin, C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. Perfect. So it's Coughlin. I said it wrong at the beginning. I'll yeah, redo no. the intro. I'll redo the yeah, She's, do it. She's yeah. so nice. She yeah. didn't say anything about uh, You are interview. so nice. You should have <laughs> like It's okay. Just... So it's funny. So DJ from No Laying Up caddy for me at Pinehurst. And, you know, on the first tee, they, uh, they pronounce it correctly because I've told them. They said Coughlin. And he's like, wait, your last name is pronounced that way. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's Coughlin. He's like, why have you literally never told me this? And I was like, I just don't correct people. I mean, I remember growing up, like I would correct people and they would still say Coughlin. So I just eventually just gave up. So. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> fail, epic fail. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Head over to birdiedads.com. Check out the stuff we're giving away right now and even pick yourself up a t-shirt. See you next time.